This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. But I look at what's going on and I'm thinking, wow, will God's judgment come this week, next month, or two years from now? I don't know when, but I do believe it's coming. So with that, you say, well, what do we do at that point? Do we just stop? No, I believe that we stop. I believe that we make sure our direction is right. Make sure that our direction personally is right. Make sure that our direction as a family is right. Make sure our direction as a church is right. Have you been ignoring what God has been saying to you? It may seem like there aren't any consequences to ignoring God's Word, but eventually the consequences will catch up to you. In our study today in the book of Amos, we learn that both Judah and Israel are having to learn the hard way that not listening to God results in destruction and bondage. God desires for us to have life, so why would we ignore Him? Don't learn the hard way, repent, and obey what He's telling you now. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Amos, chapter 2, verse 4, for today's study. We continue to raise our fist in the air against him we continue to despise his law a nation that was founded on his law i had hoped to take a trip to dc while i was back with my daughter back in new england but we didn't get there i was going to come back with a lot of pictures for you so that you could see but some of you that have been there you know that you cannot deny it you, you walk all over D.C., it's plastered everywhere that this is a nation under God, that it was founded on the principles of God's word. It was founded on the, on the, on the very attributes of, of Judeo-Christian uh, lifestyles and, and morals and structures. And the law, the law is there. God's word has been there from its very foundation. And I know that not every founding father was, was, was a Christian. I know that not every founding father was, was perfect in all of his ways. I understand that. But I also know that the overall structure of the foundation of this nation was based on God's word. And year by year, decade by decade, now we're trying to rip that page out and rip that page out and rip that page out. They want us to remove all of this from all of the public buildings. That would be job security for somebody back in D.C. Because it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Not only scripture quotes, not only acclamations about God Almighty and His persevering power and, 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 and the way He prospered. But even quotes of some of the early fathers of our nation. They're everywhere. And we've turned against it. It says in verse, well, the end of verse 4, He says, Their lies led them astray. Lies which their fathers followed. I look at the lies that come out of our political system, out of our judicial system, out of uh, any kind of government authorities, all kinds of things that say, oh, but 
That's not who we were. That's not who the, by the way, division of church and state. Gotta make sure that that's not church. You know, absolutely twisting and turning, uh, the words, the intent of the words to their own favor. Let me ask you this, church. Why does man not want God in his life? Just think about that for a moment. Why does man not want God in his life? If they had a chance to disavow that there even is a God, then you know what? I don't have to answer to it. I, I, I don't have to answer to anybody. If there is no God, but if there is a God, and if, if, if his word really is true, then that means that the lifestyle that I live, the life choices that I make, it could be offensive to him. And if it's offensive to him and he is who he says he is within his word, then suddenly I am found under that same kind of judgment that Amos is speaking to all of these nations and, yes, even to Judah. The thing is, is we're all guilty of that, aren't we? We are all guilty of that. But praise God, God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever believed in him should not perish, but have that everlasting life. That Christ took upon himself the wages of our own sin. That when we turn to him, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, the word says that we'll be saved. And being saved means that our sin is forgiven and that God will restore us. Otherwise, the judgment of God, the very wrath of God comes down. We we sang that song this last Sunday, uh, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. And on and on the words go. Um, on one phrase in that song, speaking about on Christ, on Christ, the wrath of God was satisfied. Now we look at that, I look at that and I think, absolutely, the wrath of God was satisfied. Do you know that there is one Christian church that is saying, you know what, we're not going to put that song in our hymnal unless you change that word. And unless you change it to the love of God was magnified rather than the wrath of God was satisfied, because we don't believe the wrath of God. That's Presbyterian Church USA. Okay, Their new hymnal that they're getting. Uh, it's a big, big uh, hubaloo right now. Because, beloved, according to God's word, I see, no, the wrath of God was poured out upon his son. The wrath that was going to be poured out on me, because I'm a transgressor of his law. Because I know his law, not only has he placed it within my heart, even even at birth, at creation, we, we have that knowledge of God within our lives, but even through the years as we, we hear it in this nation, we hear it everywhere. And if we don't want to hear it, some of these stupid churches even put it up on billboards so you can't even miss it when you're driving along. It's right there, God's love for you. Christ died for you. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to see this. I'm... But we can't avoid it because God's truth continues to come. And we either accept it and humble ourselves before it, or we, even as Judah, we despise the law of God and turn from it. He says, I'm going to send a fire upon Judah, and I will devour 
the palaces of Jerusalem. You realize what happened when the Assyrians never made it to Judah. Well, they made it, but they didn't destroy Jerusalem. It was the Babylonians that came in later. I think it was 586 B.C. When they came in, you know what they did? They burned Jerusalem. They burned it. They, they totally, absolutely destroyed it. What, what, a, what a thing it is when God declares these things uh, almost 200 years prior to it happening, and then boom, there it is. It's fulfilled. But here is who Amos really is speaking to, and we'll see this through the rest of the passage here. Verse 6 says, Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel, now this is the northern kingdom, For three transgressions of Israel, and for four I will not turn away its punishment. Because they sell the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of sandals. One of the laws of God to the Jewish people was, you don't enslave your brothers. You, you can, you can, you can bring other people into that kind of captivity, work off a debt or whatever, but you don't enslave your brothers. Well, here we see, no. They're actually doing that with anyone and everyone. And instead of having pity and care for the poor, it says you're selling the poor for a pair of sandals. They, they pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, and they pervert the way of the humble. And speaking of the perversion, he goes on, he says, a man and his father go in to the same girl. I don't have to get any more detailed than that. And he says that they do that to defile my holy name. And they lie down by every altar on clothes that are taken in pledge. In other words, you, you want to borrow $10 from me? Okay, I want your shoes or I want your coat or I want your tunic or whatever. You know, I'll take that in a pledge that you're going to pay me. And then they use them in this profane way. And when it says on the altar, you need to realize that for Israel, the altars were the altars that Jeroboam the first had built in those places like Bethel and like Dan and Gilgal and a couple of other places. He had these altars built. And so as part of their worship to God, it had deteriorated so greatly that this kind of profanity was going on. He says they lie down at every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemnation in the house of their God. And I love how he puts the house of their God. No, it's not, it's not God's house. This is, that's your God. And remember when Jeroboam came in, he, he put on their golden calves, the same kind of a thing that they did back in the desert as they came out of Egypt. And Jeroboam built these golden calves. And he says, here, this is your God. This is Jehovah. You come and worship him. And so that's where the condemnation. He says, he goes on. He says, yet it was I, again, God speaking, yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them whose height was like the height of the cedars. And he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed the fruit above and the roots beneath. By the way, there are no more Amorites. Okay, 
He took not only the, the upper portion, he, he destroyed the very root, the very foundation of that people. God wiped him out. Even though they're strong and mighty, God is saying, hey, you're, you're messing around with me. And you need to realize I took out the Amorites as great and powerful as they were. And then he goes on in, in verse uh, 10. He says, also, it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt. And I led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarenes. Is it not so, O children of Israel, what God is saying? Hey, think about how much I blessed you. Think about how much I poured into your life. Think about how many things I've just done and covered for you. Isn't it so? We look at our nation and we think, wow. Isn't it so that God has blessed us in so many ways? You know why we were so shocked by 9-11, by the terror of 9-11? Because that happened on our shores. That happened inside our country, and that just didn't happen. I mean, Pearl Harbor, that, okay, that was that was an island. That was way out there, and that took us by surprise. But, man, inside our nation, we hadn't had that like that. Now again, I believe it's part of that coming out from underneath that covering. We've been blessed so much that we as a nation have had that great protection in the hand of God for so long. Is it not so? Oh, you children of Israel, says the Lord. But in verse 12, he says, But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink. Is that a good thing? No. You remember what the Nazarite vow was. The Nazarite vow was you, you weren't going to drink any wine. You weren't going to touch any dead bodies. You weren't going to pollute yourself in any way. You weren't going to cut your hair. All these things that show that Nazarite. It, it was so strong about the Nazarite vow. They weren't even allowed to eat grapes. Did you know that? They could not even eat grapes because of this whole thing. And yet it says, no, now you've taken these ones that have made these Nazarite vows and You've either tricked them, you've deceived them, or you've just enticed them to come and drink wine, breaking their Nazarite vow. What is a Nazarite vow? It's a vow to God. It's a vow to God, and you've caused them to break that. And then you've commanded the prophet, saying, do not prophesy. Guys, I've got a word from the Lord for you. No. No. We don't want to hear that here. We don't do that here. We don't, we don't, we don't hear the word of God here. That's, in essence, what's going on. It says, behold, God, God is saying this. Listen to what the, says, behold, I'm weighed down by you. Can you imagine your sin so bad that you're weighing down God? That's what he's saying here. Behold, I am weighed down by you as a cart full of sheaves is weighed down. It's interesting, cart full of sheaves in that culture in that time. They would pile and pile and pile and pile on these sheaves to where if it's a, if it's a cart, you can't even see the cart. You're, you're fortunate enough to see the donkey walking in front of it. Or if a person is carrying it, they're burdened down so much with these sheaves of the grain or the wheat or whatever it is that you can't even see the person. All you see is two little feet underneath this little thing of, of, of the, uh, the sheaves there. God is saying, man, I, I'm, I'm as weighed down as a cart full of sheaves is weighed down. They, I think that they got that picture there therefore flight shall perish from the swift the strong 
shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. He shall not stand who handles the bow. The swift of foot shall not escape, nor shall he who rides a horse deliver himself. I was going, I I meant to, and I ran out of time. I was going to look to actually see, okay, uh, who is the strongest man in the earth or in the world? today. Uh, I know it's not Arnold anymore, but, uh, uh, and, I, and I wanted to get, okay, well, how much can that strongest man press? I wanted to see, okay, what about, what about the, uh, the, the guy, who's the fastest guy in, in the world? Anybody know who the fastest guy in the world is? You, Usain Bolt. He bolts, okay. Like lightning bolt, okay. It ain't gonna help him, okay. I'm saying all that to say it ain't gonna help him, okay. I don't care how fast he is. I don't care how strong he is. It's not going to help. He says the swift of foot shall not escape. I don't know who won the Kentucky Derby. I don't know who won the Preakness. I don't know who, I don't, I don't know what horse did, but you know what? Even if you have those horses, they're not going to deliver you. There is no deliverance. Once God comes and says, you know what? You are under judgment and that judgment is coming. There's no deliverance to that. Your only hope at that point in time is to literally throw yourself on the mercy of the court. To throw yourself at the mercy of God. Say, Lord, I have sinned a great and desperate sin. And my sin is just overwhelming to me. I have offended you in so many ways. Lord, again, either save me, Lord, or at least have mercy on me. He says, The most courageous men of might shall flee naked in that day, says the Lord. It's interesting when it actually comes down to the point of the Assyrians coming and taking over Israel. One of the things that they do is they they strip them naked and they just march through. Now, it wasn't until the Greek... And the Roman cultures came with the, the Greek, uh, um, Olympics, the, the sports things that, uh, uh, particularly in the Greek culture that the, the naked body was again so visible, you know, okay. Uh, up until that time, there was much more of this, uh, no, you know, I cover myself, whatever that covering might be. You know, we read of battles in the Old Testament during the, the times of the judges that, uh, they would come and they would literally cut the men's skirt and they wouldn't cut them mid-calf. They wouldn't cut them at the knee. No, they would, they, you know what many skirts are, okay? So this guy that used to have a robe that covered him completely, the enemy, just to say, nah, to uh, they, they, they would cut, their, cut them literally to where they're, they're, you're not hiding anything at that point in time. So when he says the, men, the most courageous men of might will flee naked in that day, that's absolutely beaten, absolutely ashamed. And that's just the first three chapters of Amos. There's nine. But what I want you to get out of all of this, particularly the fact, there's, there's two things in particular. Number one, God knows how to take care of our enemies. And if Israel had, and, and, and even Judah, if they had remained true, God could have taken care of all those little, those little 
fleas, okay? He could have taken care of all those little disturbances all around if they had remained true. But because they didn't remain true, the judgment of God was going to come on them. Because God had prospered them and God had blessed them and God had covered them and God had protected them for so long and yet they disdained the very law of God. They despised the law of God. It says they've not kept his commandments. God says, you know what? Okay then. Not only is my hand of protection away from you, but I'm also going to bring destruction to you. It's, it's interesting as you look at this in, in the whole battle and, and the scenes of things as Assyria came down, all these outside countries, they actually took first because they weren't as powerful as Israel or Judah. And as they took these other countries, you would think, wow, I better get my act together. Look what's happening over here. Man, the prophet said that. It's coming true. Maybe it's time to repent. Maybe it's time to turn our lives around and get our lives right because we see it's happening over here. We see prophecy coming true before our very eyes. Maybe it's time to get our act together. But they didn't. They continued to test and push God. And then God takes Israel, the northern kingdom, out. And you would think at that, okay, Judah's going to say, okay, wow, okay, now we get the lesson. Now we understand. And God gave them about 150 more years to drive the lesson home. And they still didn't get it. How long, oh God, how long will you have patient endurance with the United States of America? How long before suddenly we as the nation and the freedoms and the the seeming stability that we have is just gone? My wife and I talk quite often about the fact that it seems like everything's just held together with like threads. Okay, so everything's standing right now. Oh, it looks really good. The economy's blooming. Hey, all the houses are selling. Your house is worth 20% more today than it was, you know, two years ago. Everything's rosy and fine. And no, it's not. I believe that it could be, and I, I, I don't want to be a naysayer. You, you don't understand. You, you talk to my wife. I'm like this guy that's, I, I'm always like on the positive side of things. I'm thinking, yeah, no, oh no, it's just like half full. Yeah, it's definitely half full. Um, but I look at what's going on and I'm thinking, wow, will God's judgment come this week? Next month? Or two years from now? I don't know when, but I do believe it's coming. So with that, do you say, well, what do we do at that point? Do we just stop? No. I believe that we stop. I believe that we make sure our direction is right. Make sure that our direction personally is right. Make sure that our direction as a family is right. Make sure our direction as a church is right. Because the truth is, is it may be tonight, it may be 10 years from now. It may be longer than that. I, I'm, I'm not that much of a gambling man to think it's much longer than that, okay? But I look and I say, for right now, we as a people, we as the church, need to be, be doing as much as we can to make sure that we personally are right before the Lord and that we as a church are doing what we need to do to impact our community for Christ and to raise our children up in a godly and a righteous way 
pour our lives into our children, that next generation, to encourage them in the things of the Lord. We need to be about the king's business. This idea of kingdom living, the, the, the submitted life, that, that idea of realizing that, man, our God is sovereign over all of his creation. And I need to trust that and understand that, that, hey, what, what comes, comes. God's still in control. Even when I don't understand it, even when I can't see beyond, you know, the next step. I need to know God is in control. I have faith in a sovereign, omnipotent means all-powerful, omniscient meaning all-knowing God. And I can rest in that. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue sharing with us from the Minor Prophets next time. What we'll learn is that even though many of these books are quite short, they are full of important prophetic insights. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. You can also subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com. Or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Pastor David shares insights from the Minor Prophets. That's next time on The Open Word.